0: Ooh. Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cami. What up, Cami?
1: Hey, Bryant. How are you?
0: I'm doing okay. Uh, how are you doing?
1: Fantastic. Thank you.
0: I'm. I'm trying to get my bearings. We've had a nice two-parter. We we recently vis- revisited the Arabian Nights. That was fun talking about Aladdin, and we also had some fun Greek myth with the sort of Damocles because that's what we do here on mystery. So we, we like to grab legends, uh, topics, anything you can think of as far as myth or history goes, then, uh, tries to kind of spin a tale of the story. And then we have a discussion about kind of the history and background. And today's episode is really fun. It's going to be the wyvern. It's a hard word to say, surprisingly. Um, but wyverns. So, what is a wyvern? Cammie, how would you, if, if you were in wyvern school and you had to answer the question, what is a wyvern? What would you say?
1: <laughs> so, I have come across so many different uh, ideas of, of what it really is. Now, if okay. you just, if you were to look at a picture of a dragon yep. and a picture of a wyvern, the difference is that the dragon has four legs. And the wyvern has two legs.
0: Yeah. yeah, That kind of is the, the the basic main difference between the two.
1: Right. But I have found so many differences. <laughs> sure. There, yeah. Dragons breathe fire, mm-hmm. for instance. Uh, wyverns don't, although they can yeah. breathe pestilence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a key. That's a key that I've seen as well.
1: And they also have, uh, sometimes they have a second head on their tail. Oh, Wow. Yeah. And a lot of the dragons that we see today, and actually I took a the myth that I'm using is a dragon myth. Mm -hmm. Uh, But earlier, you know, basically before it was written, when the story was kind of being thought of and that sort of thing by other people before this guy wrote it down, uh, some people say it was a wyvern. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like (laughs) to think like, because a lot of this, a lot of this is from the Middle Ages from where we get all of this. And I like to think like these peasants, like working the land in England and they're like, look at that. It's a dragon. And then the one peasant in the back was like, no, I think that was a wyvern. I didn't see. you <laughs> <full>, yeah. <laughs> oh, screw off, dude. Um, so it is. Yeah. We'll of course get into it, but we'd love to hear your story first, Cami. So please regale us with a story of dragons slash wyverns, if you will
1: okay and this came from history of the king kings of england by joffrey of monmouth and i went with yorku.ca was the website that that had the entire book there if you want to read it it's really interesting mm. it talks about like the roman uh sort of invasion and that's where it starts and then it goes through the ages uh where they built london and all this stuff so it's kind of cool yeah but uh I hope I'm saying his name right, Vortigern? Sounds right. Sure, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Vortigern, the newly established king of Britain, found a place to build his kingdom. It was perfect in its beauty and security. He drained a pond of its water and set out to make a foundation. But before construction on his castle could could begin, two dragons, one of pure white and one red, sprang forth from the earth in battle each chasing the other to each end of the lake, the battle never ceasing. But at the end of the battle, the red dragon will overtake the white. So was the prophecy of Merlin. Merlin was just a boy at the time and no one knew of his magical abilities. He spoke of the red dragon being seized upon for many years by the white. The red dragon would spill so much blood that the rivers of Britain would run red with it. The valleys would appear to bleed too. The white dragon would oppress the people the red represented through destruction of their worship and temples. But a boar would at last bring aid to the battle. He was known as the Boar of Cornwall. This boar would drive out the Gauls, but a wyvern of German origin and a sea wolf would come and join the battle too, to feed on the scraps of men caught up in struggle. The German worm would bring with it pestilence and famine. This dragon will reign over the land for 300 years, but the red dragon shall not be counted out. He is hid and grieved for his land for too long, the White Dragon and the German Dragon destroying his legacy. So he rises, his strength regained. He brings ill fortune to the White and demolishes the children of the invading forces. The cities of their people will be decimated and the true victory shall be his. But first the White and the German Dragon would join forces again and try to slay their enemy who must retreat to the far end of the pond. He will plot their demise, and he, along with the help of a lion, shall defeat both for good. The victory will stand, and the red dragon will retreat from battle, confident in his triumph. He will leave the fighting to the mortals, lesser animals, such as men, will take up arms to conquer nations and defend the kingdom he fought so long to protect. He will be remembered in the statues and histories and flags of his people. Though the lion will take the crown the people of his land will know it was he who fought for so many hundred years to bring them freedom.
0: Ooh, That's a lot of imagery there. That's really cool. Yeah. The lion. I also like sea wolf. That's a common term for a Viking. Um, that was like what they were known as the sea wolves and the men of the North. So that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. God, ancient Britannic God, that, that's, that's where this all kind of really rounds up in and that's really i thought that was really interesting too. the germanic dragon i've never really seen like it known like in that sort of a specific way
1: yeah i thought it was interesting too they called him like a worm for most of
0: it yeah
1: and the worm being basically the wyvern who doesn't have the arms so he's bringing the pestilence right just kind of made sense yeah
0: and that's and and so and that's i didn't even look into like the worm thing w y r m which is really similar to wyvern w y v e r n and so yeah the key, the key you know the key is of a, a wyvern today and i guess i honestly i think it's like D that's really like set the standard now like of of denoting the differences you know sure um and, and that's a, why i like to think of it like a wyvern is like a chicken it's it's a chicken dragon it's It's arms are its wings and its legs are its legs, but it otherwise, you know, is very dragon-like, but it doesn't, it doesn't walk on all fours uh, like a typical dragon may. And the, the, the word wyvern can be traced through French to the Latin word, vipera, which was used by the Romans, obviously. And it's literally viper, uh, vipera. So. If you think about what they are known as uh, of spreading poisonous pestilence, remember this was like miasma theory time so like the air like you know like it, it sickness was in the air, that's kind of how it was. Um, so it, worm I, I wonder if that and like W's <clears throat> were very commonly V's, you know in a way so verm vi- wyvern, viper it, it's all very they, they all are extremely like closely related um, etymologically. at at least definitely with wyvern maybe, but I I guarantee you worm, you know, W-Y-R-M would be tied into those. I, I, it must be. So from the Latins, it it comes from them. We don't really have like the, the exact uh, usage. I mean, you know, the pantheon of, Um, of beasts in, in Roman and Latin culture uh, is deep. We've talked about Gorgons a lot and how they, they go, you know, ancient, like, 2500 BCE. So it's, it's not surprising to think of like a dragon like beast uh, you know, wyverns being dragon like beasts to be, to be in their, their idea, their, their, their circle for a very long time. But we do know uh, that in Europe in the fifth century AD, they were on Roman war banners. And it looks like even some of the local sort of, uh, the settlers in in uh, Britain, uh, the British Islands, actually kind of adopted it. They saw it and they're like, "That's badass," and they were like, "Let's take it." Um, it said it's there's no definitive proof, but it said that um, I think it was Mercia uh, had a golden dragon as one of its banners, but there there I think that was just speculation i don't think that we have any like definitive proof um i i used the, it was pretty easy on on the sources here i used um started off with wikipedia of course but mythology.net and i always love these sites monster.fandom.com was another one i used and it's 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 really fun again because when when you start like googling this it, it, it instantly is like D or video games or you know <laughs> that kind of thing and um
1: final fantasy i think came up
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like that—that that is 100% um, one of the big ones too. And because Final Fantasy is really cool because it's an Eastern take on Western mythology in a way. So it's it's made in Japan, but it was heavily inspired. So like even the old ones are heavily inspired by like the medieval periods and, and this stuff. But yeah, so they typically myth.net um, uh, or um, mythology.net says uh, barb tail on the end, two legs to give them that unique movement, um, very serpent-like. Think of viper. And that they spread pestilence, not fire, um, and they corrupt where they are. So, like literally, just just their being will will degrade. Think of the miasma theory. Just their being will will degrade, like the ability to live in an area. That's um,
1: really interesting because mm-hmm. there is there's just a new video game, but there's a, a basically a LARP or like a tabletop game called it's the white wolf universe sure and it's called werewolf and they talk they have a worm that is spreading oh, cool. evil yeah yeah through the the world or whatever and the werewolves right. are fighting against it that's so really cool that kind of goes with
0: your story in a way too yeah um And, and that's, that's really, that's the cool thing. Um, Mythology.com or .NET, excuse me, also says that they're sometimes called dragonettes. um, Sometimes I've never come across that before. I I think I guarantee you that's like a a newer kind of idea. Like Um, a little dragon. Right. But that (laughs) that is the idea. They're they're typically not known as being uh, big as far as like older texts go to. but it, it really, so while we do know of their uh, sort of importance in Roman like uh, culture, as far as being on war banners and things like that, it doesn't seem like they really go in, in a bigger area. So like, I think kind of comparing it to a Gorgon might be appropriate here, although Medusa being the most famous Gorgon in a way, um, as well as her sisters, um, but it, it was a beast. It was a, it was just a beast, you know, you, you might've found bones that kind of, you know maybe dinosaur bones something like that and you'd explain if it kind of looked like it that it was a, a a viper a wyvern of some kind and I, so it kind of makes sense that it 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 kind of took this meaning um and I, I again I, I I haven't nothing I read really tied in the miasma theory mindset of the time um but we've talked about that I, I can't remember what Greek it was Poticus Magnus that we did with Peter we talked about miasma theory um,
1: we t- uh, we did but then we also talked about it during the uh plague episode didn't
0: we yeah the village of Eam. yeah that was a really good one too and so yeah we we've definitely addressed it and it was uh, yeah it was it was a theory of thought from that that only ended like in the 20th century because you know <laughs> science um one cool thing uh from this is so, so again it, it we, we have the roots in um, mainly Roman culture, which, which very likely may have been influenced by the Greek culture. Again, there's no definitive sort of um, thing here. Th- there was Wikipedia mentions that th- this this idea, the symbol uh, symbology might have been first encountered in a Greek land of, of Dacia um, from where, where, where Trajan got it. They think that there was definitive evidence of Trajan having it, um, getting it from the Dacians. And that how it, that in turn, um, Trajan going to Britannia. Uh, that's how it gets introduced to a place. Yeah, the like,
1: Dacians had right. it as a banner.
0: Okay, all right. And,
1: and it's tra- it's on Trajan's. What is it? Trajan's Tower.
0: Right. Yeah. And the and like because there's a a point after this where we start seeing like the way we- the Welsh um, dragon the and and then where there's mentions of the golden dragon in Wessex. And, and other places in the British islands. So, But the big thing was that really helped uh, push it was the medieval period and specifically medieval bestiaries. And I, you know, I, I kind of took that word for granted, um, you know, in a video game like like Final Fantasy, they'll sometimes offer a bestiary where, you know, you find a monster, then you can read about it and it'll tell you its weaknesses and what it does. And sometimes we'll have a cool lore write up. But like these things were, were legit compendiums of medieval times and, and before that, too, um, it come be, the word bestiary comes from bestiarium vocabulum um and it's it's a compendium of beasts i'm reading um, directly from wikipedia so this this goes as far as the ancient world you know trying to map what your your world is and it can be anything it could be of of plants and even stones so apparently some dudes were like going out and being like i need to write this rock down and explain this rock um one really cool thing here and this is something i didn't know and that's on mystery i always like to try and we're not experts on on almost anything, but we. Yeah. I just I just want to like kind of uh, scratch the brain in a little way, and this is really what scratched it here, other than the whole viper um, etymology. So the natural history and illustration of each beast was usually accompanied by a moral lesson. So like bestiaries back in the day, it, it looks like they they were very poetic and I, it's, I'm looking at some like examples that were written in some old language medieval era, but it looks like, so they were trying to sort of explain like, this is my, the best way I can draw a weird bear and here's a moral lesson. And it was usually tied to God. So it was trying to say things like, you know, this was something created by God. This is God's world. And this is the reason why it's made. This is the moral of it. And and that in turn just makes me think of the whole reason we have like uh, folk tales and like, True. you know, Hansel and Gretel and things like that. So it, it seems like it's, it's really big on that and the medieval period, it makes sense. This was probably one of the more stable times for uh, Christian literature to sort of exist. And Christians were the only ones that were like, I got to write that down um, for, for a very long time. So I, it was just really cool. I thought that was a really unique way of sort of understanding what a bestiary or bestiary is and, and their points uh, and things like that. Um, one one other thing. So I've mentioned uh, how it, it, pestilence is is sort of the big thing. We have some other um, evidence uh, as the wyvern, which so the wyvern really symbolizes um, disease. And Wikipedia mentions how there's a symbol of of a, a, a wyvern or a, a viper sort of thing being overcome by Apollo, which symbolizes medicine. So that was like defeating this 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 viperous being that's how you you, you save people and that makes sense you know again pestilence miasma theory um this beast literally like it's it's being will degrade like the atmosphere the life um the biome that it's in and then someone like apollo being like no get out of here and punch him <laughs> and that that fixing thing so um my last fun thing was i of course you know cammy's tale um uh, being about the British islands uh visitWales.com had a fun little ride up because the, the, the dry egg is the, on the Welsh flag. One of the few countries that has like a straight up dragon on its flag. And they mentioned too in their sort of little ride up much like uh, how we've used like Celtic uh in, in past episodes, uh, the dragon appeared on the battle flags of various British soldiers on their way to Rome in the fourth century It was later adopted by the 5th century Welsh kings um, who were keen to show their authority following the Roman withdrawal. So it kind of seemed like they were trying to, you know, the the Romans left and they kind of took that bit from them um, in a way.
1: This is an official thing. We're official now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, like the Romans were, I'm sure, darned impressive. And uh, adopting Roman culture was was absolutely big. You know, uh, I, even when the Romans were leaving, though, I mean, almost much of the continent was Christianized in, in a certain way. So Roman influence, while it escaped extremely quickly, um, it, it had a very lasting effect. I mean, the, the Roman walls and buildings and floors that are in England are, that are still there today are, are great evidence of that. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the Wales fir- official first use of the flag was probably during the battle of Bosworth field in England, 1485, when Henry Tudor defeated Richard III, the Pembroke born English King went on to reign over England for 24 years as Henry VII. So yeah, just some really cool stuff. I always love seeing little write-ups on websites um, like that. But uh, yeah, so Wyvern, it, it looks like it specifically comes from uh, the, the Latin word vipera or vipera. Makes sense. Vipers, snakes, poison. There's a theme here of, of dragons and things like that. Um, typically, wyverns were sort of seen as being small, uh, smaller dragons in a way where their arms were their wings and their legs were their legs. And that was about it. Um, they were known as pestilistic beings, very similar to what a snake would have been kind of um, talked about. So it, they were just sort of like flying snakes. Uh, in a way which again sort of makes sense and winged snakes was something that wikipedia mentioned in general that but it seems like it was just different enough you know and if you think of what uh, a, if you look at a wyvern a typical picture of a wyvern and a winged snake they they are pretty different um i gotta give a quick shout out before i finish my spiel um the game uh, monster hunter does a really cool job of that's what it calls almost all of its like Batty dragony-looking dudes, wyverns, and they—they they all do have the—the the only, you know, their arms, their wings, and their legs, their legs, and they do a really cool job of like. Showing you how they would move and and how they would act and things like that. Cause, and they specifically do have dragons as well. Um, they're typically called like elder dragons, and they're much more beefy and serious and devastating. But then you've got these lesser wyverns, and I thought that was really cool. And the, but they all they all share that feature. So um, as far as like like a be- I know a, a, a bestiary a bestiary of medieval time was pretty much as informed as you know anybody else. But I, I like that this game did a really cool job of creating this like really in-depth bestiary in its own little universe so and of course things like D D um definitely go far today
1: uh, is the dragon on the D you thing does it have feet
0: i believe so i believe it's a dragon okay. dragon yeah
1: okay I'm I, there's like a big red dragon mm-hmm. on know, the yeah, cover of the book or whatever
0: i'm pretty sure that's a yeah a dragon and uh, you know if, if we're denoting it between four and two legs and things like that. So cool. Well, uh, guys, I hope everyone enjoyed this story. Um, we've been enjoying our recent episodes, especially going into the new year. Now um, we've got some fun stuff planned. Um, please check out too. If you want a little extra content, we've been doing some shows with Cody on his uh, show, popular opinion, POP as in like the little figurines. Um, cause there's a bunch of, uh, myth, based Funko Pops. So we've done like Loch Ness and we've got a few more coming up. So check out his channel. You can also, you know, Facebook. That's on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: And uh, our sex, our segment is called uh, Funko myths explained.
0: Yes. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Please join us on our Facebook group. Um, I've got links in the description as well for some of our other channels like Twitter and Instagram. And um, I did recently make a discord too. feel free to jump in there. It's pretty, uh, it's, it's in its infancy but it's a fun way to kind of interact as well. So feel free to jump in there and you can contact us directly. If you have any myths that you want us to talk about, please let us know, especially if it's something that's uh, lesser known, we always love kind of diving into the things that people aren't talking about. So I think that covers it. Cami. thank you so much for your story and your thank time. You, I think that covers it. Do you have anything else to add?
1: Not right now.
0: Very cool. Well, <laughs> everyone, uh, we will add more next time. Oh,